Welcome to the Journeys of Scientists podcast. This is a podcast put out by WAMPS, which stands for Women and Minorities in the Physical Sciences. We are a graduate student organization at Michigan State University. I am Brian Stanley. I am a graduate student in the physics department at MSU. The purpose of this podcast is to talk with other graduate students at MSU and other universities to get a sense of the type of research they do, but also learn about life as a graduate student, both within and outside the classroom or research lab. If you or someone else you know are interested in participating in the Journeys of Scientists podcast, you can email me at the email below in the show notes, or you can visit the WAMPS website, which is wamps.org, and you can send us a message there. On this episode, we're joined by Grace Takura, who is a former high school chemistry teacher and currently a PhD student in teacher education and education policy. Her research interests are in alternative science epistemologies and justice and science education and policy. Hope you enjoy. Welcome, Grace. Could you briefly introduce yourself? What type of student here are you at MSU? My name is Grace Takura, and I am a PhD student here at Michigan State. I'm in the teacher education program and focusing on science education. And um, I also recently joined the Ed Policy Program, so I'm a dual major now. So I'm first year in educational policy and second year in teacher education, but still working in science education in both programs. Um, And yes, I've been here in Michigan for almost exactly a year now. So um, I'm from Nigeria. I've been living in Nigeria most of my life um, and um, moved well, I'd lived in the U.S. for a while during my undergraduate as well, um, but moved back to the U.S. with my family in January, um, this uh, January 1st this year. So it's almost Ooh. a full year. Mm-hmm. Ooh, very exciting. So, yes. okay, so you said um, the teaching, um, education, education policy. Can you kind of like describe a little bit of like what both of those are? Because um, I know like, at least for me, originally, like in education stuff, you sort of think of education like I am becoming a teacher, you know, and you just kind of think of solely teaching, but really there's like more of a research side of things and other type of stuff. So can you describe a little bit yes. about what it is you do? So um, as a teacher edu- educator, actually as an education researcher in the teacher education program, um, I just going back a little bit, I've been a, I've been a science teacher um, for about 11 years, taught um, chemistry and some physical science here and there. And um, I guess realized, hey, I want to work more with teachers in their settings and look into sort of the nitty gritty of how teaching works and um, do some, some research. Um, so a lot of my research, at least right now, because I guess the second year of my research questions are still developing, um, is thinking about how um, teachers particularly in my context in Nigeria, conceptualize the science and teach the science, um, how they're teaching and particularly how they're teaching science from a culturally relevant perspective. And um, I'm also interested in issues of social justice in in teacher education. Um, 
and so how the policy came in, <laughs> when you think about making big changes, not that I know that I can make big changes, but I hope, I hope that I can make big changes someday. Um, thinking about how big changes are made in education, um, policy is always a part of it. And I've always just been interested in policies around teachers, how those are implemented, um, how those come about. So there you have it, teacher education and education policy coming together. Yeah, very interesting. And so what kind of science teacher were you? I taught chemistry. Um, and I was in a really small school. So the way small schools go, you end up teaching like other subjects when there's a need. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I taught some physical science, which has some chemistry and a little bit of physics. Um, even taught math at one point. Um, well, taught math for a lot, a lot of points. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and... Yeah, but chemistry is what I majored in, um, and that's, I guess I tell people, chemistry is my love, so. Oh, okay. So when you were majoring in chemistry, um, did you always know that you can't, you wanted to be a teacher, or did you think, like, oh, you went into chemistry, and you're like, oh, I'm actually interested in then teaching kind of later after the fact? I didn't think I wanted to be a teacher, Um when I was majoring in chemistry in undergraduate, I was actually thinking pre-med. So I was thinking I wanted to be a doctor. Um, but in college, I realized that biology really wasn't my thing. Like I, I loved the moments when I was in chemistry class and chemistry made me smile and biology did it. <laughs> um, I don't know what about biology it was, but we just didn't click the way I clicked with chemistry. And so I decided, you know what, I'm chemistry, I'm sticking with chemistry. Um, I still did the pre-med ma- major, but then, you know, really, what do you do with pre-med after? So I had pre-med major and a chemistry major. It was just adding on some extra classes, really. Um, and after I was done, I was, I really wasn't sure um, what the next step would be. Um, going, I thought, well, maybe I'll go on and just get a master's degree in chemistry and see where that would take me. Um but then also moved back to Nigeria soon after, maybe about two years after my undergraduate degree was completed. And um, thought, you know what, let me give teaching a, a, a try um, while I figure things out was the plan. <laughs> and realized that I loved teaching science. Um, and, and that's how I ended up here today. Oh, wow. That's really cool. So where did you do your undergrad? I went to a small liberal arts college in Ohio called Bluffton University. So, yeah. so how does a small liberal arts college in Ohio pop up onto your radar from Nigeria? <laughs> That's a good question. Um, so I knew that I wanted to study abroad for my undergraduate and in the U.S. particular, in particular, and was applying to different schools, really. And a friend of mine was also applying to Bluffton because her father lived in Toledo, which is about an hour from Bluffton. When she was a child, her father was in the U.S. for his Ph.D., and they lived in Toledo, and he did some work with Bluffton. And so she was like, why don't you apply here as well? We could go there together. I was like, oh, sure. And so I applied and got in with really good financial aid. It really was the financial aid. And I was like, hey, you know what? Can't argue with that. And, And that's how I ended up there. Oh, very, very small cool. town, but very small college, but it, it worked out. I didn't yeah. feel lost. <laughs> yeah. So how was that transition, you know, like as an international student, you know, being so far away from home, you know, now living in 
more or less on your own. At least you had a friend there, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, it wasn't as hard as maybe people would think it would be. Um, many young people in Nigeria, many like secondary age, go to boarding school. So I was already sort of used to being away from home. Um, just that now I was really far away from home. So um, it's not like you could just, your parents were like 20 minutes away mm-hmm. and you're in, in, the, in the dorms. Um, and also then cell phones. So this was, I started my, my freshman year um, in the year 2000, 2001. Um, and so then cell phones, like not everyone had mm-hmm. one. And, you know, communicating with your parents, like frequently as undergrads, I hope, or maybe do today, um, wasn't the case. It was landlines. And um, I think I got a cell phone maybe when I was in my junior year. Um, but like you said, I had I had a friend, at least one. I made new friends. Um, and I was able to go home at least like once every year and a half or two years, depending on how mm-hmm. things went. So it wasn't the worst thing. Um, and I think it was important to find community and that that's what got me through just mm-hmm. finding, finding my people. Yeah. So were you involved like as an undergrad, was it strictly like studies that you're involved with or were you involved in like research or other like sort of extracurriculars or anything like that? Um. I was involved in quite a lot of things now that I think about it. Um, like speaking about community, so I feel like my immediate community was like the international, the other international mm-hmm. students. We all had that in common that we were far away from home and trying to figure things out. Things as simple as how do I get to Meyer to buy things that I need because I don't have a car. Mm-hmm. Um, so we we were able to connect on that level. So I was very active in the, in the international student organization, was um, president for um, two years. Um, I was also part of the honors program. So that was also a a fun way to meet other people. And um, we got to travel and do different things. Um, And I worked in the lab while I was, um, so I was a lab assistant for two years, um, working for the organic chemistry professor, who most people who've taken chemistry or OCHEM is not usually their favorite subject. And honestly, it wasn't my favorite chemistry course either, but I, I enjoyed working in the lab and he was a great, he was a great guy. He's just that okay, it's challenging for most people. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, my, I guess my first teaching gig, which I didn't realize would be my first te- teaching gig was I also worked as a tutor, um, a science tutor. So I, um, since it was a liberal arts college, you have those who are like in other courses, but have to take like a science, mm-hmm. like a general science course. So I tutored um, students who were in the general science course and just needed some help getting through. Um, trying to think of other things I was involved in in college. Some residence life. I was also an RA for about two years. So for two years. So there, there was a whole residence life stuff. And that, that was fun too. Yeah. So I guess all in all, I feel like I was pretty active on campus. Okay. Yeah. And you said that you were... Did you stay in the area for a couple of years and then went back home to Nigeria? Is that right? Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. And did you also taught, you know, high school in Nigeria, correct? Is that? Yes. So I taught high school in Nigeria. I never, I never taught here. Um, 
Oh, okay. So then, and while how- I was teaching in Nigeria, I was also I then enrolled in a master's program online, a distance mm. program, and I was doing getting my teaching certification at the same time. Oh, okay. Okay. Very nice. How long did you um, teach high school? I taught for eleven years. Oh, okay. So what can led you to you're teaching this position for a long time and then say, you know, I want to go back, go back to school as a student and, and do stuff like what was kind of the, the guiding you know, light there? I feel like most teachers, um, you're in the profession, you're doing the things and you have maybe like your honeymoon period and then, you know, the mm-hmm. highs and the lows. And then you get to the point where you begin to really see um how things could be different um and i think it's usually during those lows you're frustrated with the way things are going and you want things to be done in a different way um and i think that's when i started thinking about my ph getting a phd because um, i was thinking about what what i could contribute to the education system in mm-hmm. nigeria in particular so what does like in your case like what do you see like a phd giving given you in a sense is it experience like doing research is it you know now it's a title that you can then apply for other jobs like what do you what does this how does this help you can meet your next goal the way i think of a phd is um less about like gathering more information to do stuff and more about at that phase where you are now creating stuff um so, and that's where research comes in. So you're researching different things and seeing how you can synthesize or create something from, from what you've learned from your research. There's not so much what you've learned from your courses. Your courses are just helping you to do that research, um, helping you to see things in a different way, um, helping you to, to conceptualize those things and, and have the language to express them to others. I think that's the part I struggle with the most in PhD-ness because sometimes the language just... It's really like a whole different terminology that people people use. Um, but I, I, I see it as a way to learn to see with new eyes, I guess. Um, and as you can see, as you learn to see with new eyes, what can come out of that, um, things that you can compare, whether it's your variables and see how this is connected to this and how you can tweak this to make this better. And yeah, did I answer your question? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. So then how does, like, how or why does Michigan state then come on to your radar to then, you know, come back here? Again, almost the way I I got into my undergraduate college was similar to my MSU story. Um, So I was thinking, okay, I've decided I want to do a PhD and I want to do it in curriculum and instruction, teacher education. Um, but I couldn't, I wasn't sure. I was really naive about all the programs and how they worked. And so it's really just going online and just looking at the websites of different colleges and saying, oh, reading through the just descriptions and saying, no, that doesn't sound like what I want. That doesn't sound like what I want. And if you ask me now what I was looking for, I can't really articulate what I was looking for, but I knew what I was not looking for. Um, at least as far as what the website said the programs mm-hmm. were about. Um, and so I have a friend, another friend who's, who works at University of Michigan. And so I was thinking, oh, wait a minute. I have this friend at University of Michigan. Let me see what U of M has to offer. And so I looked at U of M's program and honestly, still, I was like, no, this really doesn't seem like it. 
And then I thought, I, I remember stepping away from my computer and then thinking later, wait a minute, there's another university in Michigan. Like this was the other university <laughs> in Michigan. So let me look at their program. And I looked at the sites program. So that's the teacher education program here. And it was almost like, you know, stars and bells. And it was like, mm-hmm. oh my goodness, this is exactly, this is exactly what I want. Um, and then I felt really intimidated because I saw the program had a really high reputation. And, but I thought, you know what, I'll, I'll apply. Um, and as crazy as it sounds, because I, again, like I said, I was naive about this whole PhD applying process and how things go. Um, I learned afterwards that people apply to different programs, you know, see, like I only applied to MSU because in my mind, this is what I wanted. And if this wasn't it, then I would wait till I found what I wanted. And I guess I got in. So here I am. Okay. Are you a, a full-time student or this is like your sole focus? In terms of yes. work related? Yes. I'm a full time student. I mean, I have my graduate assistantship, but it's still yeah. school related. Yeah. Okay. Very nice. And so then your first year, this is all during COVID, though, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, how was that yes. sort of experience? That- oh, wow. That was, it was crazy mostly because. I was in Nigeria when I started my first semester. COVID, of course, didn't let anyone travel. Um, the um, government embassy offices were not open, so I couldn't apply for a visa to travel. Um, so I started online. It was a decision that I made with my family because I had the option to defer a year. But um, when I found out that I'd gotten into MSU, I had already, so this was like maybe February, March, I'd already put in notice at my job because I was thinking, yes, mm-hmm. yes, I'd already put in notice at my job. They'd already hired my replacement. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like, oh boy, there's no, really isn't waiting, waiting another year is not an option. So I figured, you know what, we'll, we'll go with this and we'll start online until we are able to travel. So I'm here with my family, my husband and my two daughters. Um, so that was, it was crazy because time difference, first of all, um, second, um, the power, um, internet connectivity in Nigeria is not as fast as it could be. Um, mm-hmm. So that was a challenge with classes online. Power was another challenge because we have erratic power supply. And because I was still like in between moving. So I, even though I had put in notice at my, my school, I was still working with them part time. So I was, and then still mm-hmm. working. I started mm-hmm. my graduate assistantship from Nigeria. So that it was all really crazy that first semester. Um, that second semester, which is about a year ago, moving here in the middle of winter. Um, that was another experience, but it went rather smoothly. So, All things considered. Mm-hmm, all things considered. In the middle of winter, in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> With an entire family. <laughs> yeah. Is everyone else in your family kind of like adjusting okay too? Yes, I mean, it took us a bit. Um, and coming again in the middle of COVID, we basically just moved from mm. isolation. Everyone was in isolation in the yeah, US. It's isolation in the US. So it, was, it yeah. took a while. It was till summer when we really began to meet people. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's fair. Yeah, because essentially you're just like, oh, really? One room to a different room, really? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So do you like it come to campus now that things have sort of opened up a little bit? Yes. Um, 
I think I, I live on campus. So even mm-hmm. though we came in the middle of winter, we still take walks and get to know campus a little bit. And then during the summer, a lot more. It was empty then. Not, no one mm-hmm. had, not many people were here at East Lansing. So I almost felt like we had the whole campus to ourselves. Um, so I got to know at least the buildings from the outside. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then this semester, my classes are either online or hybrid. So I do go in quite a bit. And um, I don't, I know that I still haven't experienced MSU and its full energy, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. For using science terms, this is still like ground state type things. Um, but it's been good so far. And I think maybe it's also a good way to just ease into things. Who knows? Yeah. Because of COVID, maybe it will never go back to the levels of excitement that existed before. Yeah. So since you, you know, taught for a while, you, you left school as a student and then you were teaching as a while, you know, in the job, you were still in like the education realm, but you're more like working, not necessarily like in school per se. And then you come back and now you're a student again. Like, was that kind of transition back into like student life, quote unquote, like, okay was that kind of like you know now that you have homework or like other responsibilities Mm -hmm. or was like the transition relatively smooth in that regard i i like to think of myself as someone who is always learning things like i enjoy reading and learning things so in terms of kind of getting back into student mode i feel like i've always been in student mode even as a teacher you're always learning things Um, I was just in student mode in a different way and now like accountable with assignments and um, typing papers. And um, and then, like I said, PhD is all you're thinking in a different kind of way. So Mm -hmm. the the new kind of thinking and interactions required. Um, I was it's funny you asked this question because just, just this morning I was thinking about how when I get assignments from teachers or when they ask me to do things, I think about it like a student and then again, like a teacher, like, mm. okay, as a teacher, what, what are they trying to do? Like, why are they giving me this assignment before this assignment? Yeah. Or why are they asking me to do it in this sequence? Um, but then also as a student, okay, now I need to do it. Um, but I was just thinking on that this yeah. morning and how weird it is that I still think about what my teachers or my professors are asking me to do based on how I would have thought about it as a teacher. Mm-hmm. Well, at least like you're sort of like thinking about it. I could also see how it's, it could be easy to flip through like two modes of like, oh, what is this? Why don't, as the student, like, why, why is this teacher like doing this to me? And then like, as a teacher, like, why don't you just understand? Yep. yep. <laughs> so it's interesting in that way. Yeah. So what do you sort of do? in your if your free time you know if you have free time like what do you do outside of school or class or work or anything like that oh boy i well there's there's family spend time Mm -hmm. with family um i like exploring i feel like i still don't know the area really well so i like exploring just going to different places um when we first came, it was a lot of the parks, just like walking yeah. around and seeing the, the, the like going to the different parks. And at this point, I feel like we've probably gone to every everyone in the Lansing area. Um, and then the stores, it really is just just exploring the area. Um, and then I enjoy traveling, but then you don't really just get to just travel mm-hmm. or when it's a day off or something. But 
I guess since I can't travel, my exploring Lansing is my <laughs> my short travels. Um, yeah. yeah. That's right. I feel like I'm still also like exploring Lansing area. Like even though like I've been here for like, I don't know, a couple of years now, like most of it was still in COVID. Mm-hmm. It was like, well, I didn't go anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> might as well see what's out there and people say Lansing is kind of boring and I, I mean I get what they mean mm-hmm. um, but I also came from a town a city that I lived in in Nigeria is also kind of lower energy um, mm-hmm. so I'm used to that and I, I don't find it boring um, but then every now and then when we can get out as a family we go, we go to Chicago since it's close mm-hmm. close enough to drive to um, because we were in school here um as, as undergrads still have lots of friends kind of in the Ohio area. So mm-hmm. Very nice. yeah. Yeah, super cool. I've I've yet to even go to Chicago. So <laughs> you should go soon then. I, I feel like I should. I've you know I've been at the airport, you know, in my layover, but that's about mm-hmm. it. <laughs> it's a nice city. I enjoy Chicago. Yeah. All right. Well sort of like wrapping things up a little bit here, I like to ask people um, do you have any advice or tips of wisdom you would give people thinking about applying to grad school or even like first year grad students kind of adjusting to the life school, like like the grad school lifestyle? Mm-hmm. Um, well, I guess, first of all, for those applying to grad school, I would say, um, you know, ask people who are in the programs that you're applying to what, what things are like for them. Um, and ask them for advice about those particular programs. Um, and then also um, advice for people who are in their programs already, I would say be open-minded, um, read, read and read some more, um, and then talk with people. Like I love synthesizing, mean, I love talking with people, talking about ideas that I have and hearing their ideas and um, how that it helps me think about things in different ways. So um, talk to different types of people, people in your field, people outside of your field. And same with reading, read in your field, read outside of your field. Um, but then also take time to just be away from it, um, decompress. I don't know, watch things on YouTube that are not about anything that you're doing. Like I, I like watching documentaries on YouTube. So one of my favorite ones is The Dangerous Roads. Where they like show the worst roads oh, around mm-hmm. the world, and I don't know, it's just it's just something else, you know. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, great. And then I have like one final question. I'm just curious since you're a, a chemistry teacher, what was like your favorite lesson or activity that you taught or facilitated or anything like that? Ooh, so I'm saying my favorite topic with stoichiometry. Um, Ooh, interesting. It's a very mathy one. <laughs> I know. And my, and that was also the ones that, the one that my students struggled with the most. So it was almost like, you know, slowly leading them to it and telling them, okay, we, we can do this. And maybe yeah. it was just the highs that I got from like watching different yeah. lights come on at different points in their brains as they gained understanding. Um, I, I, I've always enjoyed stoichiometry even when I was in high school. So um, maybe that's part of it. Um, favorite activity. Um, I, I recently talked about this one. I loved doing like single single replacement reactions with um, 
silver nitrate and copper and like then students seeing like the different color changes as you have your copper sulfate forming and um that was always um a fun one also just to see their excitement um and then this was not really like science content per se but celebrating mold day with my students was always the highlight um so we'd celebrate mold day according to Avogadro's number so um oh. October 6.0 times 10 to 26. So we like do October 26th at 6.02. Um, but we're never in school at 6.02. Oh, so hmm. you can country and say, this country right now is 6.02. So we're <laughs> going to act like we are in this country. And we drink a toast to Avogadro. And like they bring things like, you know, things that we'd make lemonade, like with one mole of sugar. Um, uh, it, was just, it was a fun thing. And, I like that a yeah. lot. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I like that. Yeah, there is a like a, a restaurant slash bar that was right next to like my undergrad campus that was called Avogadro's number. I'm uh, like, oh, I feel like they should they should do something like that. Awesome. They really should. And my kids, my students still, my former students still send me all the chemistry jokes and whatnot that I would share with them. So when they find one, they have you heard this one? And they send it to me. And it's always it's, it's fun to still have that connection with them. Yeah, that's super fun. That's like the chemistry equivalent of Pi Day. Yes, yes. I mean, I taught math too, so we do Pi Day as well. So <laughs> the best of both worlds. Yeah. <laughs> Anything that's... food, I'm there. Yeah, yeah, that's really awesome. Well, yeah, thank you for coming on and doing this. It was fun talking with you again. Thank you. I'm glad that we could do this. And yeah, wishing you well the rest of your semester as you write your finals as well. Yeah. <laughs>